Okay, so what, what's the point of like the short film? Like, what do you do with the short film? Who asked you that? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to <laughs> <laughs> Film Hustlers. That's good. Very good, Robert. You know Very what I'm good. saying? I, um, I want to welcome everybody, LBGTQ community and, uh, hey, hey, you know, nice. old, new, new, <laughs> young. Cross the board. Cross the board. I like your style. Yeah, man. Here we go. So uh, a lot of things going on this week. Um, First of all, we have a SAG after strike. We have a Writers Guild strike. Everyone's sort of in on it now. I think uh, uh, the industry's at a standstill. But you know what's interesting is that I I I noticed you you mentioned it too, Tootie. But I saw an email saying independent film can sign a waiver. Right. With the Screen Actors Guild uh, to continue making movies. It's great news for us. I think it's great news. I mean, what that means is that you can sign, you can go through all the process of getting your paperwork for your movie through SAG-AFTRA. You can hire your actors. You can do your movie. The only, um, the only thing that you have to promise is that when the strike is over and they sign a new deal, yeah. that you retroactively incorporate that into your deal. So all you're saying is you're saying when a studio when the studios decide and we decide what deal we're taking you need to abide by it no matter what and if you owe more money which you will that you that you're going to pay it. So it's kind of like you're on loan. Well, you're working at whatever the rates are, but you will have to up those rates based on whatever the negotiations are. So it's good news because you can still work. Yeah. Uh, it's not great news because you're going to have to set some money aside to make sure that you have the money to then pay whatever the difference is. Wow. I would say if you do 5% across the board, you'll be better. So if you make a deal uh, to make a movie and you're going to spend a couple hundred thousand on cast then just make sure you have an additional 5% for a pension and health and 5% for any raises that may show up because of the negotiations. So is that the the, the film itself? You're not talking about the actor. It's it's the production that has no, to set aside No, I'm talking the about it's, the film. You know what it I'm is? sorry, I'm talking about the actors, right? Oh, it's the actors because I was yeah. going to say, is it residuals? No, uh. it's, not, <laughs> it's not residuals because, um, no, how many times have you saved for residuals on a movie you made? Never. Never. Okay. So that it's Well, not me. Yeah, Some normally it's not the responsibility of the filmmaker to uh to budget for residuals unless you're doing a license which, you know, yeah, we know I've become an expert about. <laughs> um, but yeah. unless you're doing a license where where the studio is saying you're responsible for a certain number of of uh, showings, yeah, and then you have to just budget for it. You have to make sure that you know how much, and and it's a very complicated uh, thing to do, but it's possible. You know, yeah. you you have to just figure out what each. Actually, the DGA, uh, the WGA, the Screen Actors Guild. I feel like they would help uh, figure out what those amounts are. But what I'm talking about is I'm saying that because SAGs on strike. Um, they haven't come up with what the new deal is going to be, which right. means that the deal has expired. Right. I'm guessing you could probably make deals with all your actors based on the old deal, right. but the minute they sign a new deal and all those numbers come out, you have to update right. your fees. So you're going you're gonna to owe mm. some Fazul's. You're going you're gonna to owe Fazul's. You're going to owe you know, maybe an additional 3 to 5%, okay. and then whatever the pension and health is, because pension and health also goes up every time. Right. As you get paid more, you, and you know the pension and health goes up a little bit. Yeah. 
um, and then whatever taxes you have to pay. So people are on strike, man. It's it's not it's not an exciting time. You know, it's nerve wracking. You know, I, I heard that uh, DGA is giving out loans from the pension plan now, and that's I don't know. Uh, well, yeah. you're borrowing money from your pension, which is there for you to retire and have like this nice life. Now you're borrowing, and now you got to pay it back with interest. Yeah, with interest sucks. So that's not, that's, that's called like, the vig. That's on like the get, yeah, it's like getting a, no, a loan. You don't want a loan from your own money. Yeah, you know, you want your money and you want to just have that money and pay for whatever you got going on. So I don't know, very very weird time in the industry, but it doesn't mean you can't keep working. You know, obviously, independent films are not at fault for the contracts not being what they're supposed to be right that's yeah. amongst the producers of the big companies like netflix and and nbc abc and universal and all those big companies they have to decide what people are what they're willing to pay people and then once they do that then then they'll sign a new contract and we can all go back to work but it's only three years it's not like they're signing it forever right these every these these contracts end every three years yeah uh, they should make it four, kind of like the presidency. I like that because three's short. Three's yeah. a short period of time. Yeah, I'm yeah. not. I'm not crazy about that. But, but you know what? As a as an indie film, I saw Mark Ruffalo posted like some about indie films. Like, let's go make indie films. So, as an indie filmmaker, you can get some good talent. Then, right now, right? Well, I think you can get talent. Name um, talent, I should say. Yeah, I mean, you still have to pay. Yeah. I think I think you still have to pay money. I don't think... I, I Does think his it, fee come down, you think? Because uh, it's an indie film? I don't know. I want to say yes, but, you know, it's all about the property. It's all about, you know, like maybe, maybe Mark Ruffalo is thinking, oh, I'll do one of my passion projects now. Oh, right. right you right, know, right. and maybe there's something he wants to do that he can then now go do independently. But like, I would think like there's a lot of actors, huge actors, big actors that can probably go out and do any independent film they want based on their uh, box office or, yeah. or the sellability of their name in a movie. They can go off and do like one of their passion projects and maybe, uh, maybe they're willing to lower their rates based on the fact that it's something they really want to do. Now, if I wanted to do the Hensel and Gretel movie and I wanted to offer it to Mark Ruffalo, he might not take it. You That's the know. reality. You never know. But you know, I, I follow this feed and I sent it, actually, um, I sent them to you. And it's every year, the best independent films. And every year, there's some bangers in there. I'm talking like nominated films every single year I, that I had no idea were indies. Right. You know? And so there are indie films being made every year that are Oscar worthy, get nominated, win awards that are, you know... That are good films. Yeah, um, I mean, I think there's always going to be standout independent film. Um, you know, it's a good point. I mean, I think there's always going to be new filmmakers coming up and new ideas really like captivating you as an audience. Um, but I think you have to keep, you know, you have to be realistic in our, in this in this day and age. You know, like I, I I say this a lot. We argue about it a lot. But the truth is, is that you have to have ideas that are easy to understand and also commercially viable. Like in other words, you don't just turn on a TV anymore. It's hard to turn on a TV anymore and just rent a movie that I don't know that is that doesn't have like a serious twist like i'll give you an example um coda was this movie about a deaf family right. where only one of the girls in the family had the ability to hear right so she wanted to be a singer but clearly 
her family couldn't hear her. Right. Right. That's high concept. Bro. It's high, it is high concept. But, right, but, but I guess that's what movie. I'm saying. I'm saying like <laughs> when you can explain something like that and get someone interested in watching your movie, then you're way ahead of it. You know, like. There was a time when you can get together at a carnesada at someone's house and talk about your tío that's all crazy, that sold drugs and, and whatever his story is and make a movie out of it and people would watch it. That's not, that time doesn't, is, not he, is not now anymore. You could do a podcast on that now. That podcast is like the new indie film. <laughs> well, there's people like Zach Shepard. Yeah. Right? He's, he's left acting. Because his podcast is, he's got 20 oh, million yeah, yeah. followers. He's gone. He's not even oh, doing yeah. it anymore. But he's, that's a different. He's that's, married to Kristen Bell. And, yeah. And that's a different type of podcast. I'm talking like these true crime podcasts or like these stories about the. I'm listening to this one called The Enforcer about this hitman mob guy. I just started listening. It's really compelling. But who would have, you know, again, like there's a million of those guys out there. You know what I mean? And um, it just so happens like podcasts are kind of like the new indie film where you can get those stories out i'm not plugging podcasts i'm a big fan no, of podcast them. my wife listens like she she's well, we're on a podcast what am I talking she's about? addicted to podcasting yeah she dude. loves to hear it she loves like about self-help about like uh, self-help are good those you know there's good. lot there's she she listens to all kinds of things and she gets ideas for shows she's a non-scripted but um but i do think like ideas are you know it's just changed. You know, we don't watch movies the way we used to. You're not going to no. go to a theater to watch anything. You're just not. You're going to go see Mission Impossible. You're going to go see Indiana Jones. You're not going to go see a coming-of-age movie in a theater. I'm sorry. It's never going to happen again. No, It's never going to happen Damn, again. Damn, Robert. It's cold as ice. Sorry. It's not going to happen. Like, it doesn't mean you can't be nominated. It doesn't mean you can't win awards. You know where you can see it? You can see it at Sundance. You could see it at Sundance, or you could see it on a streamer, but doesn't mean that it's not going to be well received. No, it could it could it could end up being a great movie. But like you think about movies like Juno, yeah, Juno was a great movie, right? I you can even watch it today and think like, wow, that's a hell of a good movie, well performed, well acted. Um, you know, there's a lot of great indies that had like really like powerful stories, and I think, look, if you're if was you're, Lady Bird coming of age, it was right, uh, uh, Greta. Girl that was a that great was her, movie. Yeah, yeah that was I a think great that movie. was her like breakout, not her breakout, but she wrote and directed it. Right? Yeah, that was like her. But that was a yeah, that was a very cool point of view, and yeah. uh, and I think it was it was it, she was it nominated? It was nominated it for won. stuff. Yeah, oh, it won something. I'm yeah. telling you, there's this handle. I send them to you all the time. I don't read them, and, and I know you don't read them, <laughs> but they're like all these indie films throughout the year. It goes by the year, and it says like like what film won that year. You know what I mean? Or what what was nominated that year? Um, they're really cool. I'll find it. We're you know what? Yeah, here's what we're. Gonna, I'm gonna start posting it on our on our feed. Baby yeah. Dave, how's that sound? Um, please do. So yeah. So <laughs> I think guy. I think I, I don't mean to be negative about ideas. Oh, I just you think don't mean I'm, to be negative. I just I just think if you're listening and you really want to make a difference with the movies you're making, make something that is genuinely unique and different and eye-opening when you tell someone st the story in 30 seconds and people are like wow that sounds really fascinating i think that that's an important part of creation you know yeah i've been I, i've pitched many ideas where i just thought to my I, I fell asleep halfway through the pitch that i liked you know and i'm like oh my god this is horrible because it just doesn't have any twists and turns it doesn't have anything that hooks you in it you know yeah. there's just it I think I think stories need to have peaks and valleys and they need to have twists and they need to be soapy these days and soapy like literally think of a soap opera and then think of adding that kind of 
that kind of stuff to your script. You know, Roberts, I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to tell you what, because back in the day, I used to disagree with you a lot. And I used to be like, <laughs> oh, like, no, people want to see, you know, these stories or this or that. It does have to be high content. You do have to be different now. You just can't go out and make. Yes, you can go out and make whatever movie you want. But to get any type of um, reaction or you, if you want anything to come from that film, it has to be high concept and it has to have like a twist. With that said, we had our screen in a beautiful darkness. We did. And that was a big twist. Everybody was like, dude, that was, uh, I didn't see that coming. Yeah, it's, well, Beautiful Darkness is a great, is a great story. We pitched it here. We raised all the money right here on the show. Um, and we made the movie. And, you know, we, we fulfilled the promise of our podcast to make we a did. movie and to get it into festivals. We didn't know anyone at the Los Angeles Shorts Film Festival. We got selected. Yeah. Um, but um, the movie is beautiful. Hopefully, within the next year, we'll be able to put it on a link and people can rent it and check it out, you know, uh, for themselves. Can we do that with the short or is it like, a f it's not like a feature where you can't, you can't show it, right? Can we show you yeah, like a feature? Could, you're not, could, no, what, what are you talking Oh, you can't stream it. Yeah. No, you can't stream it yet, but, uh, but like in a year, within a year, we can. We can. Yeah, can like for instance, if we if we get accepted to Sundance, we'd want to wait. Yeah. Uh, until after that's that that screening. Yeah. But like, let's say we let's say we were to get into Sundance, which would be amazing. Uh, we wouldn't do anything with it until after that, and then after that, maybe we package it with La Femme Balone and we put it online yeah. so that people, you know, you you can monetize your movie now on Vimeo put it on Vimeo and monetize it there and people can rent it or you can put it on Amazon or you can put Does it on Amazon Chicano. Does Amazon have shorts? Yeah. Do they really? Yeah, shorts are a thing. <clears throat> okay. I mean, shorts are not a thing by themselves all the time. Right. But unless you get nominated for an Academy Award, in which case you can go see the, probably see the movie on Netflix. Right. You know, I've seen a lot of the Academy Award nominated ones uh, on Netflix. Um, but but yeah, you could you could package shorts. Like I, I did La Femme Balone. We could theoretically package them together yeah. for people that want to see the ones that we talk about and and put it out right. or we can put it out on its own or we can lengthen it and put it out yeah as a, or we can shoot the feature like it's hard to you know like i think if i try to go see movies because we talk about it on the show a lot right the idea that um whiplash was a short before it was a movie yeah. um uh, Napoleon Dynamite was a short before it was a movie. Um, there's a couple of other ones. Sling Blade, um, Sling Sling Blade was Blade. a short before it was a movie. There's another one that's that I'm a big fan of. It's called Bottle Rocket. Yep. Was a short before it was a movie. But anyway, the the point is is that sometimes you can't find the shorts because you end up making the feature and people stop caring about the short. Yeah. But but it's important. Like if you if you want to make a short. You were asking earlier, like, what, why, do, why do you make a short? What's the point of making a short? Well, the point of making a short is, first of all, to prove that you can direct and produce a movie. Right. Um, if you're able to do it at the highest level in a short form, then somebody's going to say, wow, I'd like to see what these guys can do at the highest level. Like, right. what if you give them three, four million dollars? And, and then what, right? Because then you can make a movie that's got a beginning, middle, and end. I think... No pigeons then, David. My, my understanding... No, my under no we, I think we... I think... Every, by the way, I, I, I laugh... We laugh a lot about the pigeons, but I think everything that happens in a movie happens for a reason. Yes. Sometimes you spend a lot of money on things and then, it, and then you don't use them, or sometimes you spend money on stuff and you do use them. I mean, we spent a bunch of money on pigeons, but they are a big part of the yeah. movie. So we could have... Right. And could've. I learned a lot from <laughs> <not> <laughs> right. pigeons. Yeah. But right. the whole thing is about a bird, right? If you really think about it. 
You yeah. know what I mean? Like uh, yeah, the not symbolism. A, not of, about a pigeon, but no, yes. it's not. But it's about a kite. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's about a kite bird, and so the birds, the little boy. Yeah. Did you, you watch the documentary about kites? No, because I, I it's on uh, mm-hmm. it's on what is it on Amazon? Yeah. No, it's on it's on Netflix. I don't have. Netflix you could rent anymore. it though. You could rent it. I can't rent it. No, it's on Max. I don't have Max. Oh. You got to get it. Hook me up. I can't afford I can't, yeah, I can't lend you my my thing anymore. Yeah. Come on. All right, I'll just come to your house and watch it right there. But yeah, but anyway, the point is is that you, you know, David Dave had to get the permit. David Dave had to find the 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 bird handlers. We had to find a certain amount of birds of, of pigeons. Uh, then we had to then we had to have uh, a permit for the pigeons themselves and then a permit for the city of LA to shoot in the park. So, um, so that was a big learning experience, but we did it and, uh, and getting permits. I'd never done, you know, I, I, I had only worked on films where people got permits for me. So getting permits was complicated, but we learned something. Davey Dave did it. Yeah. And because then he, was, doing, he learned to be Davey save then. Davey save. Yeah. <laughs> and then we learned, uh, you know, that using the pigeons actually did, benefit the movie it yeah. did you it know really did. because it it's a big it part yeah it's a big yeah. part of the movie and i think uh people may think it was a natural thing that was just there but it wasn't like we totally set it up so but i think i think all those things happen for a reason the complications of a movie and how you solve problems is important you know i think uh having a high iq is really important <laughs> i'm just thank kidding. you Robert. Just <laughs> I, appreciate, I appreciate that i appreciate that but I actually i've never taken an iq test but i get the feeling i i'd score really well Dick. No, but it's funny you say that because like the airplane, remember the airplane? We just happened to catch the airplane. We weren't trying to catch the airplane. I didn't didn't know you had caught the airplane. Like I didn't even think about at the time. I didn't even think it was in the shot. And then Alcon's like, how much you guys have to pay for that? How'd you do that? Someone thought it was fake. Yeah. Someone thought we put it in. Yeah. Yeah. And then then, then the car, the red car and the woman in red. Symbolism. The symbolism. What does red represent? None of that. that. It represents anger, but it also represents period. Like all you didn't, stuff. Do, you didn't do it for that reason. And I was like, yeah, that's exactly right. We timed it. Pro- you did not I had say Davey that. Dave drive that red car, <laughs> and then I had Uncle Paulie run in the red shirt. Hey, they so when they each ask other. you at the festival on Thursday, you have to say of that. Of course. Of course. To. But now I think I think it all, uh, it all works itself out, and you end up you know you end up doing things in independent film that either solve a problem or create you know a learning experience i mean the bottom line is can you finish with all of the obstacles that life throws at you money uh locations people that rented you the location but now you have to go later like you know we were on our movie and and we ran out of time yeah right so the rental only went until eight but we we had to go to 10 right because we had to go to nine and then we had to we had to get out of there and people had to clean up you know all of those things become obstacles that you have to solve that you have to figure out you know it's a little bit of instincts you know you have to decide like can I push this? Can I apologize if we go way over or whatever it is? But should I have gotten the overhead of the close up? Yes. Did I waste too much time on the first? Yes. Well, one thing one thing I will tell you is that if film is hard, yes. Being a young filmmaker or even a filmmaker that's doing it for the first time or whatever, always always don't get so creative that it, that it, that it screws you in the edit bay. That's that's always right. something you should yeah. you should yeah. consider. Always get your Close up, close up, medium, wide, over the shoulder, over the shoulder, and inserts. One thing I, I really regret about the movie is that there's a pig, there's an almaraz in in the shot. Yeah. But they didn't remove the 
glass, so it's shiny, so oh. you can't really see the artwork. Right, right, right. And right. I'll always regret not seeing that and thinking about it when I was there because it could have been such an easy fix. Hey, take the glass out of that frame so you could see the art. Yeah. And then Stanky's shot, we didn't really see it. Yeah. It would have been nice to pan off of it, you know? Yeah. The art, I feel represented something in the film yeah i think sure. i think it could have um yeah. but it doesn't because of those things but those were my fault i just didn't see it i didn't i didn't think about it i should have thought about it i normally do um max usually does but he wasn't there i mean we saw the stanky you know what i mean yeah. when we did that one shot when when mendoza's like, dying half of it though yeah oh, you, no, saw, you like, see the whole thing you it was like half yeah, to three quarters it was it's like a quarter of it on a, the, a solid quarter on the big screen though you could see you could see yeah it. on the on you know the on your tablet phone. or your phone or your uh or your computer you, but on the on the big screen you do see it you yeah know what i mean and it's right there yeah but we don't see all of it yeah you know, we could have like maybe like widened a little bit like yeah. pulled out a little bit so let's talk about this um we did the movie right we raised the money on the show we raised i think we put up Five thousand. Yep. Um, the other guys put up, I think, forty thousand. Um, Fifteen, ten, twenty-five, thirty, thirty-five. Yeah, forty. So for, we had forty-five thousand. And we're going to end up putting ten, right? And we're going to end up putting twelve. Twelve. So, um, so we went over, right? Yeah. So I had to, you know, in the interest of it's a partnership to do these movies, right? Like, and it's not fun going back to investors and asking them for more money. It's not the ideal scenario, but you do run into things that are going to make your film better. For instance, we talked about Ray Spees and how I sent him the movie and I said, hey man, I'm yeah. thinking about not doing sound on this because I think we can get away with it. And he was like, don't do it. It's yeah. bad idea. He told me at the screening. Yeah. He came up and so I agreed with him and we just decided like, let's put the thing Damn, on a credit card. <laughs> No, it wasn't 4800 I think it was... I don't want to say how much it was because I don't want them, someone to call them up and go like, you charge yeah. the, the yeah. hustlers. Um, but it was below 5000 Okay. But we had to pay for it. But it was one of the best decisions we made. Absolutely. You know, you don't you don't go all this way and then skimp on what's going to make your movie good, right? right? Well. So, so long story short, if you're raising money for a movie... And you raise what you think you need, and then you get into post, and you realize you need another thirty percent. Yeah, you could write a letter to all of your partners and just sort of, and then say, "Look, we because we wanted to make the sound better, the picture better, the DCP better. We wanted to apply to more festivals. We decided to spend a little bit more money, and it's going to be thirty percent more." For each of you, right. So if you put in ten thousand, you're gonna, you know, you're gonna put in another three. If you put in five thousand, you're gonna put in another one point uh, or a thousand five hundred, and then you just offer that to all of everybody, including yourself, right? Um, so that you know, you guys can all share in it. Normally, everyone says okay. Um, I think in our case, everyone said okay. Have, has everyone checked back? No, I haven't gotten from everybody, but you know, like people like Stanky, who clearly is okay you know yeah. financially probably uh he hasn't responded but i'm sure he'll he'll be okay with it and yeah. george and and dusty. uh and dustin dusty, you know yeah. all of them said awesome they saw the movie and they clearly know why uh we went why over did, but yeah. if you go over don't panic ask all your partners figure out exactly how much you went over write down the amounts uh write down how much they invested write down how much the overages put it in red 
numbers so that they can clearly see that this is what they invested, this is what they got to put up more, uh, what, what more they have to put up and put in, uh, put everyone on a sheet so that everyone can see what everyone's yeah. getting. It's not yeah. a secret, you know, yeah. so you it's know, not a secret. Like, not, you can't tell just one person. You have to kind of let everyone know yeah, trans- right off the bat. Be transparency. transparency. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, IQ over there, transparency. Where we did skimp, though, Davey Dave, Uh-oh. was on our music because somebody at this table did the music, but guess what? I heard a lot of. Very high compliments on the score. On the fucking score. Yeah, the score was so good. So who did that? ExtremeMusic.com. That's right. ExtremeMusic.com. I don't even. I don't even know. And high IQ guy over here. Yeah, high <laughs> IQ. I haven't had. A, I haven't had an IQ test, but I should probably take one. But no, uh, uh, Russ Emanuel. I don't even know if he's seen the movie yet. I, I, I doubt it. But we. I, I want him to watch it because the the music. It's really, really it's good. Very, you did very, a good job. It's very moving, right? Yeah, like, absolutely. And I tried my best. Look, when you pick music for a movie, the, the problem with going to a library, it's not a problem because it's the abundance of music that you get becomes the problem because when you have a lot of choices, some of the music won't match, right? right. So you can't have you can't have your music feel like it's not from the same movie from scene to scene, especially if you have a short, right? Because you want to, you want the music to build. You want it to give you a feeling of like, what am I watching? Is there turmoil in this character's uh, scenes? Is, is he struggling with something? And, um, and I think, when you go to a library, you're going to get a lot of choices. So you just have to make sure you understand what music you're getting. And that way, when you punch in your, what you're looking for, you, you find things that sort of end up building your story to the end. Like I think one of the cool things about beautiful darkness is that that final scene is one piece of music Yeah, and it's like five minutes long, but it's sliced up, you know, it's the same cue, but it's sliced up so nicely that it ends up building to the point where it explodes at the end. And then you go into like this really kind of neat, uh, surreal song, you know, that life goes on after all these people died. Yeah. <laughs> but Whoa. it's, it's a, Hey, wait a minute. No spoilers. No spoilers, no spoilers. It was a great example of usage of a library yeah. when you don't have the ability to score it, you know? Um, because that temp music was really was really good and, uh, and and I think I got lucky in finding the songs. I don't think Well you know you, you worked hard on it. You know, you were doing your Netflix movie, you were you were you know sending I was in us, Toronto when I was Yeah, you were sending out, yeah. us stuff. Some of it David Dave was way off, right? Yeah. Some of shit was yeah. but for the most part you nailed it. You know what I mean? Like you you know, it was like anything. You you sent out stuff and we all kind of gave notes and then you did more and then until you got it right and you did a great job Thank and you. i learned a lot about music from you actually yeah. on that no um, it was it was uh, it's one of the things i think i'm proudest of um you know on any of my films i think i spend a lot of time on the music on cues um and i think it makes a big difference to the movie and you know i don't know it's a, it's the weirdest thing because i think there's so many producers on a film sometimes, so many creative people on a film, and I feel like because there's so many people on a film, you end up sort of, things fall through the cracks. You do sort of rely on your composer, you do rely on uh, your editor, yeah. you know, and you end up sort of, you know, stepping away from the process, and, I, and I, w- I was sort of, I was trying not to do that, on, I try not to do that on my movies, right, because I know that although music supervisors are involved and you're involved and directors are involved and other producers are involved, not always does everyone take the amount of time I take 
to find the music that fits the movie. Yeah. Like, not everyone does that, right? You just kind of decide, oh, I'm going to let my music super do it, or I'm going to let my editor pick the songs, and, and then you don't pick them. Yeah. So I don't like to do that. I try to get myself as involved as I can, and I don't force the issue. If you like what I picked, great. If you don't like it, yeah. then let's, let's find a different route. But well, I guess what I'm trying to say is that get yourself involved with every process of the filmmaking on your movie, whether it's music or sound design or, or editing or whatever it is, and give your opinion about it. Yeah. And, and spend some time. Like, on my current movie, um, you know, I have, I have tons of music people on it. I have my director on it. I have, you know, everyone's sort of working. But I did want my opportunity to give them examples of music that I thought would work. So I asked for a version of the movie without music. Yeah. So that I could lay in music that I thought worked. And I did it on i i I've got to upgrade my system, but I did it on iMovie. Yeah. And you can do it on my iMovie, and that doesn't take a professional editor to figure yeah. out how to use. And, uh, and it helps a lot. So, yeah, I would just want to shout out to Extreme Music for providing an amazing amount of, of wonderful scored music. And it, it made our film, you know, probably 100 times better. For sure. See, for sure. I do that a lot with, uh, with wardrobe and costume because I'm, I create the characters. Well, we all, I shouldn't, I say create the characters. We all kind of, but I have a vision of what, remember, like I told you Emilio in that tracksuit. You know, Mendoza in that tracksuit. And you're like, nah, 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 nah. And even my guy over at Surge the Team was like, nah. But, dude, it, it worked. You know what I mean? Him in a suit would have been kind of like, eh, okay. Yeah. But him in that tracksuit, I don't know. I just felt like. Yeah, it was good. I mean, I think it was a director call and you yeah. made it. And I think it, it ended up working out real good. But that's all, like, Made in Mexico was the same thing. Like, I, I, fit, I went down and picked out all Lilo's outfits in downtown. Like, I went, put it on my credit card. Like I picked out his whole wardrobe, and he looked great. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah, it was yeah. a really good. I, I think it's important. Like you know, I like you're like you're saying. I, there are things that I'm not good at. Like like wardrobes are a very good example. Um, I don't have any sense of style. Like I don't have any idea how people characters should look when they change and they're different. And well, whether you should people with the high IQs don't. But let's go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm telling you, I have no idea. So I, that I do rely a lot on studio executives have like great ideas for that kind of stuff. Um, uh, Latanya Newt, who was our studio executive on. Um, on uh, the Netflix movie Meet Me Next Christmas, she was amazing. She had great vision of what people should be wearing, how they should look, um, you know. And she was good to work with. I think she improved our movie, you know, incredibly by just her ability to to understand style. And and we relied on her a lot to kind of step in and tell us whether or not we were on track. And as a result, the movie looks great because of that. But yeah, you have to get involved with the things that you know you're good at. If you're good at style, get in there. If you're good at music, get in there. Uh, well, because movies are visual and audio. Yeah. I mean, and if you think about it. And by the way, don't take it personally, right? No, like of go, go into it saying like, hey, I'm going to give some examples of things that I think it should sound like or look like or whatever yeah. and take it or leave it. Yeah. You know, it's not, it's the director's decision anyway. Yeah. So sometimes directors are like, oh, thank God. <laughs> yeah. You know, thank God you're helping with that yeah. because it's not something I normally do. Yeah. And then you just get in on it. But do not step away from it. Do not not get involved. Like, give, give, your, give your suggestions. And it may spark an idea, a yeah. separate idea that's even better. Yeah. And that's what the process is all about. It's See, about like, sparking ideas. Learning from you on this project um, about music and music per, for the character like each character had their own type theme, of music yeah, yeah. yeah you know that was their theme music and how 
you know, how it bled into other things. And it was great. Like I didn't, I, I knew that, but I didn't really realize it yeah. until you and I fought about the music. Right. <laughs> and, you know, you were up all night in Toronto. You'd send shit. And I was like, what is this? And then you was like, how is this working? And then Davey, Davey, I don't see it either. And then you go, okay, well, let me try this. Let me bring these levels down. Okay, but I got it. I understood. And then and then you would explain to me why. And I go, oh, okay, this is Santoro's music. This is Mendoza's music. Okay, they got to bleed into each other. Okay, great. And um, it ended up working out. Yeah, really, you again, know. big props to um, Extreme Music well, for having- Well, big props to you too. To take ha- a little for credit having, here, for, okay? I'm, I'll take the credit, but I'm just your saying- your IQ's high. But I, but, I'm, but I am very grateful to yeah, uh, no, to for Russ sure. for, for creating sure. a, a place where you can actually find all this stuff. You know, extrememusic.com does a great job. But it's true, you know, like as you as you think about the film and you think about the impact that a movie has on an audience, like when you think about that opening scene with with uh, Mendoza's dad um, and Mendoza being a religious ca- person, um, it only it, it kind of lent itself to having like a like a religious undertone and yeah, there's like so chant. much good music in that yeah. in that in that religious uh, under that under that umbrella you know so yeah. it was good to do something that gave you an emotion made you feel like you know gave you a feel of where those characters were yeah emotionally you know and then when yeah. we moved on um you know when when even when um when Santoro gets his music, when you first sort of run into him, it's unnerving. It's not comfortable. You know, it's like yeah. you know something's going to happen. That you know, yeah, that, you know, it's, yeah. it's kind of weird. But um, but yeah, it's there, there's all of that is again. You know, like you have to figure out where what you're thinking for the characters, and even in the final song, like I was looking for something that that crescendoed and i was looking for something victorious right because i thought this is a win like this is like winning a championship yeah (laughs) you know uh because it's a cat and mouse game that someone's gonna lose you know but in this case someone will lose their lives you know so the idea that that there was a victorious person at the end of it and that that music built them up yeah to the point where you were like wow like that was and that's kind of what i wanted to get to so yeah i mean fun to talk about because uh i'm passionate about that kind of work but uh, yeah it was, it was it was it was good work and i think um i think combined with the shooting and and the vision that you had and the ryan and and davy dave and all the work that got put that got put into that it ended up being yeah. a terrific movie yeah. yeah yeah for sure um all right well that was a fun conversation about a bunch of nothing not <laughs> What do you mean? <laughs> well, but that's the stuff that people never hear, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, you got to get into it, right? You have to listen to to how the process works and what you can do uh, to make it better, and and also that it's not easy, and that sometimes you go over budget, and sometimes you got to ask for a little bit more money, and there's nothing wrong with that as long as you show where it went and how it's being spent. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, uh, we'll talk again next week, and in, and by next week we will have screened. At the LA Film Festival, so we'll have Ooh, news. Exciting. If you're not going to the LA Film Festival, then, uh, or if you didn't go, then we'll tell you all about it next week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on Film Hustlers. <laughs>